In this recording, we're going to discuss a charming custom, a mitzvah, which is quoted by the poskim, that one should taste their Shabbos food on Friday afternoon. So the source for this in Halacha is in the Magen Avram, in Simen Reish Nun, Sifkat and Aleph, and he quotes from the Arizal, Mitzvah Litom HaTavshilin, it's a mitzvah to taste the Shabbos food on Friday afternoon, Vitzarich Litom Mikol Tavshil Be'erev Shabbos, and you should taste each dish. So if a person's making a kugel and rice and chicken for Shabbos, they should taste each of them, not just the chicken or just the rice. Now this is quoted also by the Mishnah Brura, but the Shulchan Aruch does not quote this. Although in the Beis Yosef, which is the Shulchan Aruch's commentary on the tour, he does quote this idea, not in Simen Reish Nun, which is about preparing for Shabbos, but later on in Simen Reish Pei Vav, which is about davening Musaf. And there the Beis Yosef quotes a long section explaining various phrases in the Musaf Shemona Esrei. And one of the phrases that we say is, To'ameha chayim zachu, people who taste it merit life. So the simple reading is that people who taste the taste of Shabbos. But the Beis Yosef quotes from the Shibale Aleket another aspect to this phrase, which is that people should make sure the food is fit for Shabbos, that it tastes good and it was prepared well, so they should taste it on Friday afternoon. And he says, That based on this, people have the practice to taste their Shabbos food on Friday afternoon. So even though the Shulchan Aruch doesn't quote this mitzvah lehalacha, but he does quote it in his interpretation of the phrase Tomeh Chaim Zachu, and the Magen Avram and the Mishnah Brura, based on the Arizal, quote it practically. Now, the Minchas Baruch in Chelek Beisim in Zion does a nice job articulating two different reasons why someone should taste the food on Friday afternoon. The first is practical, in order to make sure that the food is properly prepared, because once Shabbos starts, you won't be able to fix it if it was undercooked or if it wasn't spiced or whatever the issue is. So it makes sense to taste it on Friday to make sure that it's all ready. And anything that needs fixing can be done before Shabbos starts. So that's explanation number one. And he finds this idea in the language of the Machzor Vitri, which is a commentary on the Siddur from a student of Rashi. And he quotes from the Yushalmi that the father of the household should taste the food on Friday afternoon. And the reason is, So he won't be angry at his family members if the food is burnt. In other words, the implication is that the other members of the family, not the father, cooked the Shabbos meal, but the father should taste the food before Shabbos starts to make sure that it wasn't ruined and he won't be angry once Shabbos starts that he doesn't like the food. And the Matemosha also quotes similarly from the Yerushalmi that Toameha Chaim Zacho means that on Friday afternoon you should taste the Shabbos food and you'll merit life. Same as the Beis Yosef's explanation from the Shibali HaLeket. And then based on that, he says, no, masa litom Shabbos, That righteous people taste the Shabbos food on Friday. To make sure that they're tasty and they're going to enjoy them on Shabbos. So both the Machzor Vitri and the Mata Moshe have a Yerushalmi, which explains the reason for this halacha is practical. So a person can make sure that the Shabbos food is good going into Shabbos before they're unable to fix it. 
Now, it's worth pointing out, we do not have this Yerushalmi in our editions, and that's presumably why the Beis Yosef doesn't quote this from the Yerushalmi. But the Marzor Vitri apparently had some earlier tradition about all this. He even quotes a Tana, a Brisa, that anyone who tastes the food on Friday afternoon will merit a long life. In other words, that's based on the same idea that people who taste the food will merit life. So it means not only in the next world, but also in this world. So it's unclear exactly where these earlier sources are coming from. Again, the Beis Yosef quotes it from the Shibali HaLeket and the Magen Avram quotes it from the Arizal, which are much later than the Yerushalmi. Either way, that's approach number one, practically in order to make sure that the food is good for Shabbos. The Minchas Baruch points out, though, that there is another entirely different approach to this in the Arizal's words himself, and this is a much more Kabbalistic idea. And he writes that a person should taste the Shabbos food on Friday, ki hu dugmas ha'adam ha'mechin just like someone prepares a meal for the king. So the person tastes every dish to make sure that it's perfect because they want to make sure that when they serve the king, it's fitting for his honor. They don't want even the slightest mess up. So the whole day before they're busy preparing, they're excited for the king's arrival and they want to be able to honor him properly. And says the Arizal, that's the secret meaning of that someone who prepares so carefully for Shabbos and they show their excitement for Shabbos will merit an enhanced spiritual life. So Darizal seems to say that it's not just practically to make sure that a person's able to eat the food on Shabbos, but it's a way of showing excitement and the buildup to Shabbos that a person doesn't just go in haphazardly and eat whatever's available, but rather this is something that's been exciting them and they've been waiting for it and preparing for it and they want to taste the food and get into the spirit of Shabbos even before it technically starts at sundown. So there's something more inherent to tasting this food on Friday afternoon, according to the Arizal. It's not just practical, but it itself is a way of showing the excitement and anticipation that Shabbos is coming soon. So these are the two ideas that the Minchas Baruch develops for this mitzvah. Again, either practically to be able to fix the food before Shabbos, or the tasting itself is a mitzvah to illustrate the anticipation of Shabbos. And he says that it sounds like the Mishnah Brura himself noted these two reasons, because in the text of the Mishnah Brura, Sifkat and Beis, at the end, he quotes from the El Yarabah, that it's a mitzvah to taste the food on Friday, in order to fix that. So that's reason number one, the practical one. And then in the Sharatzion, Sifkat Nches, he quotes, Shlomo mashma hi mitzvah. The Shulchan Shlomo seems to say that the tasting itself is a mitzvah, not as a means to an end, but that it itself is the mitzvah, which is like the second idea that it shows the preciousness of Shabbos and that a person can't wait to honor the Shabbos properly. So those are the two ideas. It's interesting to note that these two aspects to the mitzvah of tasting the Shabbos food on Friday parallels the two aspects, the two explanations for why we light Shabbos candles on Friday evening. One is practically because we need light and especially before there was electricity, that was the light in the home. So it served a practical purpose, what the Gemara calls shalom bias, to make sure that people could see and they could enjoy their evening at home. And second of all, it itself is a way to honor Shabbos by lighting candles, which is a respectful way to greet the Shabbos presence, the Shabbos queen, which is arriving. So we light candles in order to honor the Shabbos queen's arrival. 
So for candle lighting, there's two aspects, to practically enjoy Shabbos and also to honor the Shabbos. And the same is with regard to tasting the food on Friday afternoon. It practically helps enjoy Shabbos and it also honors the arrival of Shabbos by showing that it's really been on one's mind. And they didn't wait until the last minute when Shabbos was beginning at sundown to start preparing the meal. Now, the Minchas Baruch goes through that there are four practical differences between these two reasons as to how the mitzvah of tasting the food on Friday afternoon would look. Difference number one is, does everyone in the house have to taste? Or can they rely on the cook tasting the food and not each person themselves has to taste it? So if it's just practical, then whoever the cook is can taste it on behalf of everyone and make sure that it was prepared properly. But if it's an inherent mitzvah to taste the food, then each person should do it on their own. Difference number two is going to be, do you have to taste each dish separately or you can just taste one of the dishes for Shabbos? So if it's practical, then you should taste each dish in order to make sure that each one was prepared properly. If it's inherently a mitzvah, then maybe tasting one dish is going to be sufficient. Difference number three is do you have to swallow the food or you can just taste it and then spit it out? So if it's practical, then you can just taste it. You don't have to swallow it and you can check to make sure that it was prepared properly. But if it's an inherent mitzvah, then you should swallow it because the mitzvah is the eating of the food, which includes the swallowing of it. And the fourth difference is maybe the most important, which is do you make a bracha on this tasting? If it's practically, you're just trying to taste the food to make sure it was prepared properly, then you might not need to make a bracha. But if it's an inherent mitzvah and you're trying to eat the food, then you certainly need to make a bracha before you eat it. So that's a brief survey of the four possible distinctions between these two different reasons for this mitzvah. Now I want to go back through each reason and discuss it in a little more detail. So the first distinction was, does each person have to taste separately or can they all rely on whoever cooked the food? And we said that would depend if it's a practical reason, then you could rely on the cook. But if it's an inherent mitzvah, then each person should taste it themselves. So this is not entirely clear because the Mahzar Vitri, who said the practical reason to make sure that the food wasn't burnt, he explicitly said that the father of the house should taste the food, even though it was clear that the other members of the household were cooking it. So it sounds like the father can't rely on the cook making sure that it was prepared properly. Now, this might not be a proof to our contemporary circumstances because it could be fathers that were a little more finicky or strict back in the day. So he needed to taste it himself to make sure he wasn't going to be getting angry on Shabbos. But nowadays, men might be less likely to get upset about something like that. So maybe he could rely on the cook tasting it. So the Mahzor Vitri does seem to weigh in on this issue, but it's not entirely clear what the outcome would be for our contemporary situation. Now, the Nimuke Arachayim in Simon Reish Nun Sifkan Aleph, which was written by the Minchas El-Lazar, the Munkacher Rebbe. So in addition to being a great halachic authority, he was also a Hasidic Rebbe, and he sometimes has some of that flavor in his discussion. So he addresses this issue, which is he says that many tzaddik and many righteous people don't taste each dish on Friday afternoon. They only taste one of the dishes for Shabbos, and he wants to understand what that custom is based on. So he suggests that they're relying on their wives who are cooking the food for Shabbos 
So since she tastes each dish and makes sure that it's properly prepared, they don't have to do that, and they just do some small ritual to be part of this mitzvah, which is they taste one of the dishes. Now the Minchas Baruch explains this very nicely based on the model that he set up, which is if the reason is practical, to make sure that the food was prepared properly, then the cook should taste each dish. But if the mitzvah is inherent, so then each person should taste only one of the dishes. So now that explains what these tzaddikim are doing, because to fulfill the practical need, their wives already tasted each dish and made sure it was prepared properly. So they don't need to worry about that aspect of it. But there's the other aspect, which is the inherent mitzvah. So for that, they're able to fulfill it by only tasting one dish. So the way they're doing it, they manage to take care of both aspects of this mitzvah. Again, assuming they have someone else who cooks the food for them and then tastes each dish to make sure that it's good for Shabbos. And this is also the approach in the Likute Moreno Harav Yisrael Chaim, the Likute Maharich, where he also says that the husband can rely on his wife cooking and tasting the food, so he doesn't need to taste each dish, although he should taste something just to fulfill this mitzvah. So this is a very useful leniency and way to go about doing this mitzvah because it means that not everyone in the house has to start tasting every dish that was prepared for Shabbos. Even though the Magen Avram, when he quotes Darizal, says that one should taste each dish, but we can fulfill that mitzvah by having the cook taste each dish, which is generally what happens. A person cooks something and then they might taste a little bit to make sure that it came out properly. So that would fulfill this mitzvah on behalf of everyone in the house. And then everyone else in the house can fulfill the more Kabbalistic part of this mitzvah by just tasting one of the dishes. So practically, this is a useful compromise to allow everyone to do part of the mitzvah, but to also make sure that every dish was taste tested for Shabbos, especially in large families where not everyone can taste every dish every Friday afternoon, but everyone should try to taste a little something on Friday afternoon and one person who cooked the food can taste test on behalf of everybody else. Now let's go to the third distinction, which is, do you have to swallow it or you can just taste it and spit it out? So again, we said that this would depend on whether it's a practical mitzvah or an inherent mitzvah. If it's practical, it just needs to be tasted, not swallowed. But if it's an inherent mitzvah, then it needs to be swallowed too. So there's an interesting discussion about this in the Prima Gadim in Simon Reish Nun, and he asks from a comment of the Shulchan Aruch in the earlier Simon, Simon Reish Mem Tes Sif Gimel, where the Shulchan Aruch says, Derech Anshe Masa Anos Bechol Erev Shabbos, that righteous people fast every Friday in order to be hungry when Shabbos starts, so they eat the food with enjoyment. Now, this is a controversial practice, and the Bach quotes from the Rokeach the opposite, that one should not fast on Friday because sometimes it's harder to eat after a day of fasting, your system's not used to it, so it backfires and the person won't be able to enjoy their meal on Friday night. And his son-in-law, the Taz, also points out that a regular person probably shouldn't fast because it will make it harder to eat on Friday night unless there's someone who gets full very easily, in which case fasting will help them eat. So it might depend on each person whether fasting will make them hungrier or less able to eat on Friday night. 
And this whole issue about whether fasting makes it easier or harder to eat afterwards, we have also on Erev Yom Kippur, the day before Yom Kippur when there's a mitzvah to eat, and also on Erev Pesach, the day of the Seder, when there's also a prohibition to eat in order to be able to eat better that night. So this issue comes up in a few places. But according to the Shulchan Aruch, there is a righteous practice to fast on Erev Shabbos, on Friday, in order to be hungry for Friday night. So the Prima Gadim asks, how does that square with this custom of the Arizal that one should taste the Shabbos food on Friday afternoon? If they're fasting, how can they be tasting the food? So the Prima Gadim answers that they only need to taste it. They don't need to swallow it. And on a fast day, one can taste and then spit out the food and that doesn't break their fast. So in the same way, these righteous people who are fasting on Friday can taste and then spit out the food without swallowing it and it won't break their fast. So that's the Prima Gadim's solution to this issue, which means that according to the Prima Gadim, one can fulfill this mitzvah by tasting without swallowing the food. Now the Torah Chaim in Simen Reish Nun offers two additional answers to this question and they both touch on the two aspects that we discussed before. First, says the Torah Chaim, the righteous people themselves don't need to taste the food. Other people in their household who are not fasting could taste the food on their behalf. So again, this touches on the issue of whether each person needs to taste it or just the cook can taste it on everyone's behalf. And if you hold that the cook can fulfill everyone's mitzvah, so then that's why the righteous people can keep fasting because someone else who's not fasting can taste the Shabbos food on their behalf. His second answer is that since the purpose of this mitzvah is to make sure that the food is properly prepared and they'll enjoy it on Friday night, so the righteous people who are fasting are accomplishing the same goal in an even better way. Because since they're fasting the whole Friday, by the time the Friday night meal comes around, they're going to be so hungry that they're certainly going to enjoy the food even if it wasn't perfectly prepared. So they don't really need to taste the food to make sure that it's perfectly prepared for Shabbos because since they're fasting, they're going to be able to eat something even that's a little messed up. But the end goal is going to be the same, that they're going to sit down and enjoy their meal tremendously because they're so hungry. Whereas a regular person who's not so hungry, so they do need to taste the food to make sure that it's properly prepared and that they'll enjoy it when they eat it, even without being incredibly hungry. So that's a very cute solution. Again, it works based on the idea that this is a practical mitzvah, not an inherent mitzvah, and that's why people who are fasting don't need to do it. The only lingering question might be, what about the Shabbos lunch meal when they're not so hungry and if the food is ruined, then they might not enjoy it. But either way, this is a very cute approach. So the practical upshot of this discussion is that the pre-Megadim says that one only needs to taste the food, not swallow it. And that seems to reflect the idea that this is a practical, not an inherent mitzvah. And the Torah Chaim also has two solutions to the pre-Megadim's questions. Both of them seem to reflect the idea that this is a practical, not inherent mitzvah. So that's why the righteous people can rely on someone else tasting the food or because they're going to be so hungry at Friday night, they don't even even need to taste the food at all. So that's some of the discussion about the first three differences. Now we'll come to the fourth difference, which is does one make a bracha on this tasting? And again, we said if they're just tasting in order to make sure the food was properly prepared, it might not need a bracha. But if it's an inherent mitzvah to eat the food, then it would need a bracha. 
So this whole issue of whether one makes a bracha when they're tasting food to make sure it was properly prepared is in the Shulchan Aruch, Simen Reish Yud, Sif Beis. And there's a big debate between the Ramah and the Magen Avram as to the practical halacha. The Shulchan Aruch quotes two opinions if someone is tasting a small amount of food to make sure that it was properly prepared. So the first opinion says he does not need a bracha because they're only taste testing. They're not actually eating. And the second opinion says they do need to make a bracha unless they taste and then spit out. Now the Ramah says safek brachos lahakel that we're always lenient with brachos. So therefore one should not make a bracha if they're taste testing a small amount even if they swallow it because their purpose is only to test it. They're not eating it for the sake of eating it. The Magen Avram, on the other hand, disagrees, and he says that any time someone swallows food, they should make a bracha. The only leniency would be if they taste it and spit it out. But anyone that swallows food, even with the intention of testing it, should make a bracha. So everyone would agree that if someone does the prima gudim's approach, they test the food and then spit it out without swallowing it, then they would not make a bracha. But what happens if they swallow it? So according to the Magen Avram, regardless of their intention, whether it's an inherent mitzvah or whether it's a practical mitzvah to test the food, either way they should make a bracha. But according to the Ramah, which is how many authorities in the Mishnah Brura rule, so then if they're testing it, they should not make a bracha. But if it's an inherent mitzvah, they should make a bracha, as we said earlier. So what's the practical halacha in this case? So the Chavos Yair in Shuva Simen Kuf Samach was asked about this issue, whether someone should make a bracha. And interestingly, he was only asked about whether they should make an after bracha if they eat the minimum shear, the minimum a measurement to be obligated in an after bracha. So the Chavos Yoyer asks his questioner back, why are you only asking me whether they're obligated in an after bracha and not in the first bracha beforehand? So he says that the questioner must hold along the lines of the Magen Avram, he quotes a different group of poskim, who hold that any time you're swallowing the food, you have to make a bracha. So that's why it's clear to him that in this case where you're swallowing, it would require an earlier bracha, and his only question was about the later bracha. But the Chavos Yoyer counters, what about the Ramah who holds you don't make a bracha in that case? So again, it's not so clear whether you even make a first bracha. The question is not only on the after bracha. So says the Chavos Yoyer, maybe his questioner holds that this whole discussion about whether you make a bracha on testing something only applies to liquids. But if someone eats a solid, then they certainly have to make a bracha regardless of their intention. So since the questioner is talking about tasting Shabbos foods, not Shabbos liquids, so that's why he assumes that everyone would agree that there's a bracha beforehand. But again, says the Chavos Yar, that's not so clear. It could be that the same debate applies both to liquids and solids, and the Ramah would hold that one does not make a bracha on this food, even though it's solid and even though they swallow it. So the Chavos Yoyer doesn't resolve this issue about whether there's an earlier bracha or not, but he leaves it as a question mark and he points out that according to the Ramah, there's a good argument to be made that one does not make a bracha rishona before eating the food on Friday afternoon. Now there's a group of poskim who wrote comments on the Chavos Yoyer and they disagree with his view on this. The Bnei Yehuda has a comment on this tshuva and he says that it's impossible to say that the people test the Shabbos food on Friday afternoon don't make a bracha. And he makes a very fundamental difference. He says the people eating the Shabbos food early 
Einon bechlal mat emes. They're not the normal situation of taste testing to make sure that the food was prepared properly. The ein kavanosim elalecho mishum oneg shabbos. Their intention is to eat as part of the oneg shabbos, as part of the process of honoring and enjoying shabbos. So the bnei Yehuda seems to hint at what we said earlier that it's not just a practical mitzvah to taste the food and make sure it was prepared properly, but there's an inherent aspect to this mitzvah of honor. Shabbos and beginning the enjoyment of Shabbos earlier as part of their anticipation of Shabbos. And he brings an interesting proof to this, which is he says that they just taste a little bit of the drinks and the food that they prepared. They're not trying to make sure that it was properly salted or spiced. Because they're eating something which was already cooked. And if it's too salty or if it's missing a spice, there's no way for them to fix it because it's already been prepared. Now, obviously, you could question this proof because very often there are dishes which can be fixed up after they've been cooked. Certainly a soup or something like that can be fixed up if need be. And even if they can't fix it, maybe they'll just make a totally new dish. So this is not the most rock-solid proof, but it's a very interesting perspective. The Bnei Yehuda believes that the tasting on Friday afternoon is not at all similar to regular taste testing of food, but rather it's an inherent mitzvah to begin the enjoyment of Shabbos early. And based on that, he says that certainly there has to be a bracha beforehand. And a similar if slightly less dramatic point is made by the Likute Chaver Ben Chaim, also in his comment on this tshuva of the Chavos Yoyer. And both of these are quoted in the newer editions of the Chuvas Chavos Yoyer. The Likute Chaver Ben Chaim formulates it that tasting on Friday afternoon is better than a regular tasting. The point is to eat some of the Shabbos food earlier. So again, if the intention is not just to taste it as a means to an end, but it's also to eat it on some level, so then certainly there has to be a bracha. And the Torah Chaim in Simon Reish Yud, Sifkat and Yud Gimel, also makes this comment on the Chavos Yoyer. And the Minchas Baruch quotes a few other Svarim who also take this approach against the Chavos Yoyer, including the Kafa Chaim quoting the Yad Aaron. He has a little bit of a different formulation, but the upshot is that there has to be a bracha beforehand. So again, there is a large consensus of poskim who disagree with the Chavos Yoyer and maintain that one would need to make a bracha before tasting on Friday afternoon, and that could be based on a few reasons. Either based on the Magen Avram's idea that anytime someone swallows, even if they're tasting, they need to make a bracha, or it might be based on the idea that tasting on Friday afternoon is better than regular taste testing food, which is purely to test the spicing and how cooked it is, as opposed to on Friday afternoon where there is another element of honoring Shabbos. So that form of eating would necessitate a bracha. And finally, there's the Bnei Yehuda's much more radical formulation that the eating on Friday afternoon is not tasting at all. It's literally eating some of the Shabbos meal in order to begin the Oneg Shabbos, the process of enjoying Shabbos, but it's totally removed from the concept of taste-testing food to make sure that it was properly made. So on a practical level, it seems that one should make a bracha before tasting the Shabbos food on Friday afternoon. And on a theoretical level, there's a few different formulations, which touch on the overall question that we've discussed. What is the purpose of this tasting? Is it to make sure the food is properly made or is there an inherent mitzvah of honoring Shabbos this way?